There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. The corn is as high as an elephant's And it looks like it's climbing clear up to the sky. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. I got a beautiful feeling everything's going my way. Well, Jalo again, I am delighted to bring us the Bing Crosby show along with the Al Jolson show and along with Gordon McRae's Railroad Hour. Tonight is an amazing kickoff. All three shows, it'll be their kickoff episode, Railroad Hour. It's the very first episode ever of the series. So tonight on, we'll start up, we'll start up with um, the Al Jolson show because Al Jolson has as his guest, Judy Garland, which is just going to be phenomenal. And then following that, we have the Bing Crosby show with his his guest, Claudette Colbert. And then uh, on uh, Gordon McRae's Railroad Hour show, he has Dinah Shore on the episode. Absolutely phenomenal uh, guest cast tonight. I think you're going to enjoy all three shows. Uh, they all have pretty darn good sound and uh, are just great to listen to. So after the Al Jolson show, it's, a, it's his second... Um, what second season with Craft Music Hall? Uh, the first season was a big success, and then he comes back for the second season. I think this is the last season he does, and then uh, he ends up going away for a little while and uh, entertains the troops, and then comes back and is on a couple shows, and then passes away uh, soon after that. So we have just a couple more years of enjoying Al Jolson before he passes on. Then after uh, that episode with. Uh, Judy Gar- the wonderful Judy Garland and Oscar Levant on uh, the Al Jolson show. We have uh, the Bing Crosby show, uh, again from 70 years ago. All these shows are from 70 years ago this week. On the Bing Crosby show, like I said, Claudette Colbert is his guest. Uh, they sing the same song that you might have heard over on our Jack Benny podcast from the Jack Benny opening show, which is kind of interesting. Um, but they the uh, song is A Tree in the Meadow and that's uh, probably the third song but I guess he's going to sing that with Claudette Colbert Gary Crosby Philip Crosby, Dennis Crosby and Lindsey Crosby all singing on there or doing some comedy dialogue right after it I guess Uh, but first you're going to hear Bing sing You Call Everybody Darling with the Rhythm Errors and then My Happiness he sings which of course um Elvis Presley made famous being the song, one of the songs he recorded. And um, let's see if there's any other real songs. Blue Shadows on the Trail. And then it, uh, the last performance of the night will be A Tree in the Meadow, like we said. Um, then after that, we <laughs> go right into Gordon McRae's radio hour, the very first radio hour ever. Uh, like I said, with Dinah Shore as his co-star. And they're going to be doing the play Good News. Uh, 
and some of the songs we'll hear on Good News are The Varsity Drag, Lucky in Love, The Best Things in Life Are Free, Just Imagine, Tate Fight Song, Good News, Lucky in Love, and a, repri a reprise of The Best Things in Life Are Free. The, the whole uh, show is about college life, and so I think we are in for a truly entertaining evening. It's great to be back. I hope you're going to enjoy all of these shows. What a bang we start off with. I hope you, hope you uh, spend a little time with all these shows. We'll see you next week. Hello, Al Jolson speaking. Al, this is Ken Carpenter at the Kraft Music Hall. You're supposed to be over here. But, Ken, I, I did a whole season for Kraft. Besides, I worked all summer on a picture. I made hundreds of recordings. What do they think I'm made of? Well, Al, a lot of people would like to know and get some of the same stuff. <laughs> well, I'm not coming down. I'm a little peeved at Mr. Kraft. Why, what's the trouble, Al? Well, look at all the other programs. When Eddie Cannon comes to his broadcast, he sees lovely Dinah Shore. When Bob Hope goes to his program, he sees beautiful Dora's Day. But what has Mr. Kraft got me looking at? Oscar LaVance. <laughs> but Al, look, you just have to come down. Why, you're the world's greatest entertainer. Oh, you don't have to tell him that, Ken. It's on all my calling cards. <laughs> anyway, I still can't come to the hall. But Al, there's no one with your personality, your magnetism, your energy. Why... We just couldn't get along without you. Kinda in a tough spot, ain't you, Ken? <laughs> yes, and if you, if, you don't, if you don't come down, we'll have to go out and get Perry Como or Dick Hames or Tony Martin or Bing Crosby. I'll be right down. This is the Kraft Musical, starring Al Jolson with Oscar Levant, Lou Bring and his orchestra and chorus, and our guest, the star of Metro Golden Mare's Easter Parade, Miss Judy Garland. So keep on looking for a bluebird and listening for its song. You were great last night, Bing. Whenever April is showers. Come along. Thank you. Folks, this is Al Jolson and the old Kraft Musical. And here we go with a song which has got Mr. Truman a little worried. Is it true what they say about Dixie? <laughs> Is it true what they say about Dixie? Does the sun really shine all the time? Due to sweet magnolia's blossom at everybody's door And do the folks keep eating possum till they can't eat no more? Is it true what they say about Swanee? Is a dream by that stream so sublime? Do they laugh? Do they love? Like they do in every song. If it's true, that's where I belong. I said, do they laugh? 
every song. Oh, that's pretty. If it's true, that's where I Well, you sure put the old jolts and spirit into that. You know, after our telephone conversation, I didn't think you'd have any enthusiasm. Ah, uh, you can't fight it, Ken. Uh, That's show business. When a fellow's been in a circus all his life, he's got sawdust in his blood. That's right. When a man's been on the stage all his life, he's got grease paint in his blood. True. But I, I, I didn't think it would happen to me in radio, but it did, Ken. What? I got cheese in my blood. <laughs> Tell me, have you planned any changes in the hall for this season now? Yes, Ken, I, I got a lot of ideas. This year, everything's going to be brand new. Gee, I don't see how we can have everything brand new with Al Jolson on the program. <laughs> Commences, eh? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of show are we going to have this year, Al? Something old. Something new. Something borrowed. And if you can get away with it, something blue. <laughs> got to you yet. <clears throat> Mr. Jolson, please don't call me Oscar. We'll just have to have a different relationship this year. Since I last saw you, I've played many concerts, and I've socialized with the elite of the musical world. I had tea with Toscanini and hors d'oeuvre with Dimitri Metropolis. That's nothing. I had spiked beer with Spike Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Jolson? Yeah? I don't intend to indulge in low buffoonery with you this year. Mr. Steinway reminded me that I am a musician. How did he remind you? He sent me a bill for my piano. Mm. <laughs> now look, Levant, don't put on the dog with me. I've hobbed with some pretty big knobs myself. And I'll name you a couple. Mr. Jolson, when I want to place $2 on a horse's nose, I'll ask you for the names of your friends. <laughs> Well, for your information, my friends are Square Sam, Luke Cabelman, and... Oscar! Wait a minute! You look positively radiant! Is it possible? Could it be? <laughs> are you wearing a new suit? <laughs> no, I just had the old one painted. Well, the vest could stand another coat <clears throat> Mr. Uh... Mr. Jolson, I'd like to play the piano Why don't you take lessons? All right uh, Mr. Jolson, kindly announce my selection for tonight And stumble as little as possible on the two-syllable words Very well <laughs> Mr. Oscar Levant who's appeared in the Hollywood Bowl, Carnegie Hall, and a painted suit, <laughs> will now render a few moments of Rachmaninoff's concerto. Al, uh, yeah? can you pronounce Tchaikovsky? Sure, I can pronounce Tchaikovsky. Why? Well, that's what I'll play. <laughs>
money-saving tip to all you women who are on the hunt for bargains at the food store. One of your best buys these days is nutritious golden cheese. The price of cheese has gone down, and cheese is a protein food, an exceptionally fine main dish food. Actually, ounce for ounce, there's no other basic food that matches cheese for high-quality, complete protein for calcium, phosphorus, and other nutrients from milk. So tomorrow, get Kraft American pasteurized processed cheese or sharp old English brand. They both cook perfectly. Or get Kraft smooth-melting cheese food, Velveeta. All three are grand for casserole dishes or cheese sauce. Cut food costs by serving thrifty cheese dishes often. Mr. Levant. Mr. Levant. I wish you wouldn't have this attitude towards me. This is a new show. And I want to be chummy. <laughs> you make me feel like I'm not wanted. I know you're a big successful musician and that you go around with a lot of important people who I wouldn't mention for fear of mispronouncing their names. <laughs> but you know, I'm not a bad boy. You know that underneath this smooth exterior, I got a rough interior. Oscar. Oscar! Please! Let me call you Oscar. <laughs> All right, Al, call me Oscar. <clears throat> I don't even know if I want to talk to you now. <laughs> oh, come on, Al, please, please call me Oscar. Well, it isn't a matter of just a name. I want you to be like you used to be. Oh, I see. You want me to be myself. Oh, no, don't go that far. <laughs> That's the very thing Tuscanini objected to. You know what I mean, Oscar. You used to sit at the piano and play a chord or two. And I would sing. Oh, yes, I remember, and I loved it. Poor butterfly Neath the blossoms waiting Poor butterfly For she loved him so The moments pass into hours The hours pass into years And as she smiles through her tears She murmurs low The moon and I Know that he'll be faithful I'm sure he'll come To me by and by But if he don't come back Then I never sigh or cry I just must die Oh, butterfly. 
That sounded like the old Al Jolson. You like it, eh, Oscar? I didn't say I liked it. I just said it sounded like the old Al Jolson. <laughs> See if you can recognize this, Al. Stop the music! Stop the music! You know the name of it, Al? No, I just want you to stop playing. <laughs> For not guessing the name of that number, Stop the Music gives you five of their Hooper points. No, thanks, Oscar. I don't want that kind of an audience. When I sing a song, I want the audience to like me. I don't want him saying, gee, hasn't he got a beautiful icebox? <laughs> Incidentally, you have. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Oscar, you know something? What you're playing right now reminds me of where I want to be. All alone, I'm so all alone There is no one else but you All alone, by the telephone Waiting for a ring, a tingling I'm all alone Every evening All alone Feeling blue Wondering Where you are And how you are And if you are All alone Oscar, you haven't asked me what I did all summer. If I ask, you'll tell me, and I'll be here through the next program that follows on most of these stations. <laughs> well, you won't be so smart next week when I have Ed Robinson here on my side. All I was going to say was that every week at my house, I gave a little musicale of chambre music. <laughs> with those old masters, John, you know, and Sebastian Bach and Ludwig Beethoven, no doubt. No, with those new masters, Mary Contratura and Melnick, and Milton the Lug. <laughs> Those boys play Red or Robin so hot that they melted down to a canary. We'll now hear Al Jolson sing Red, Red, Canary. I heard a robin this morning. I'm feeling happy today. Going to pack my cares in a whistle. Blow them all away. What if I've been unlucky? Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy, as happy as a king. When the red, red robin's out bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, you sleepyhead, get up. Get out of bed, cheer up. The sun is red, lives, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robin starts bob, bob, bobbing along. 
When the Red Red Robin got bobbing along. This is the time of year to feature a grand main dish of fall vegetables and rich golden cheese sauce. That's economical, nutritious, and such good eating. Say, for example, that in the middle of your platter you have a tender white cooked cauliflower sprinkled with red paprika, surrounding it a fresh green border of French-cut string beans, and around them scarlet halves of broiled tomatoes, each one topped, if you like, with just a half slice of crisp bacon. And then, the golden magic. Over them all, a glorious golden cheese sauce with Velveeta's rich, mild cheddar cheese flavor. What an autumn main dish, particularly when that cheese sauce is velvet smooth as Velveeta always makes it, and protein rich, too. Remember, Kraft's smooth-melting Velveeta helps supply high-quality, complete protein, as well as other important nutrients from milk. And the price of Velveeta is down, so tomorrow get plenty, both for sandwiches and for cooking. In the food store these days, one of your very best buys is Kraft's golden cheese food, Velveeta. Somewhere over the rainbow Skies are blue Oscar, what little girl does that song remind you of? Georgie Jessel? <laughs> be careful, Oscar, or your summer layoff may be held over <laughs> Now, pay attention Somewhere over the rainbow Skies are blue Oscar, what little girl does that remind you of? Oh, uh, Luella Parsons <laughs> Her name happens to be Judy Garland <laughs> Judy, I knew it was you the minute I heard you sing Over the Rainbow Oh, well, Al, you know, when I first sang that song I was a little girl who believed that at the end of the rainbow There was a pot of gold Isn't yeah. <laughs> that a silly idea? Not so silly You're standing next to the pot right now <laughs> Oscar, don't you dare talk to Al like that That's telling him, Judy I've admired Al ever since I was a little girl That's telling him And my grandmother admired him when she was a little girl You told him enough Actually, I don't usually talk that way about him, Judy We're good friends Why, every half hour I spend with Al Jolson Is the happiest ten years of my life <laughs> Hmm I don't want to change the subject, but have you boys seen any good pictures lately? <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm sorry, Judy. I forgot to ask you this thing. You see, whenever we get to talk about Al Jolson, I, I sort of lose myself in the subject, you know. <laughs> good idea, Al. Get lost. <laughs> I want to hear a song from Judy's newest picture, Words and Music. Oh, which one shall I sing, Oscar? Sing as many as you like. When anyone starts singing on this program, they never stop. <laughs> <laughs> Whomever does he mean? <laughs> Judy, how about singing Johnny One Note, huh? All right, Al. All right, boy. Johnny could only sing one note And the note he sang was this 
Sang out with gusto and just overloaded the place. Poor Johnny One Note yelled willy nilly until he was blue in the face. For holding one note was his ace. Couldn't hear the brass, couldn't hear the drum. He was in a class by himself by gun. Poor Johnny One Note got in Aida, indeed a great chance to be brave. He took his One Note, how like the North Wind brought forth wind that made critics rave. While Verdi turned round in his grave, couldn't hear the flute or the big trombone. Everyone was mute. Johnny stood alone. Stop yapping, lions in the zoo all were jealous of Johnny's big drill. Thunderclaps stopped clapping, traffic ceased its roar, and they tell me Niagara stood still. He stopped the train whistles, boat whistles, steam whistles, cop whistles, all whistles, but Sing out with gusto and just overlord all the plays For holding one note is your age Sing Johnny one note Sing Johnny one note I saw Easter Parade the other day, Judy, but I think I should have been the man to play the Fred Astaire part. Oh. Now, now, wait a minute, wait a minute, Oscar. You can't dance like Fred Astaire. Oh, no, that's right. I, I hear when the girls at Arthur Murray's see you coming, they wax the tops of their shoes. <laughs> you ain't kidding, Judy. <laughs> Oscar dances like an old lady with a bustle full of ice cubes. <laughs> Don't you talk, Al. I've been at parties with you, and I've never seen you dance. No. But I'm a great sitter-outer <laughs> Anyway, you'll notice in my new picture That I do quite a bit of dancing Yeah, that's the wonderful thing about your setup, Al You can dance until Larry Parks' legs get tired <laughs> Well, it so happens, Miss Gottlin yeah. That I do my own dancing in this picture What, 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 uh, what does Larry Parks do? He breathes heavily <laughs> Uh, what are they calling your new picture? I remember, Mammy? No <laughs> No, the title of my new picture is Jolson Sings Again They ought to call it Try and Stop Him <laughs> Oh, wouldn't it be wonderful, Al If sometime you and I could make a picture together Yeah, between shots You uh, could talk about your babies Oh, that's right You got a baby girl, haven't you, Judy? Yes, of course She's two years old now uh, how old is your baby? Here's a little picture of my baby. He's nine months old today. And this morning he said the cutest thing. What did he say? Glugger. <laughs> Gosh, the kid's only nine months old and he talks as well as his father. <laughs> Why not? I taught him. Oh, gee. When I was a little girl, I, 
I never dreamed that someday Al Jolson and I would be sitting around talking about our babies. Well, there's no business like show business. <laughs> Judy, as long as we're talking about them, there's a little song about a baby and ain't exactly a lullaby. Well, come on, let's sing it, Al. Okay. Everybody loves the baby, that's why I'm in love with you. Pretty baby. Me? Pretty baby. And I'd like to be your father, mother, dad, and brother, too. Pretty baby. Me? Pretty baby. Oh, won't you come and let me rock you in my cradle of love? I'll love you all the time. Oh, I want a loving baby, and it might as well be you. Oh, Asa. Pretty baby of mine. Pretty baby of shopper. Get plenty of Kraft's nutritious cheese food, Velveeta, enough for sandwiches and enough for cooking, too. The price of Velveeta is down, and actually smooth-melting Velveeta is one of the important protein foods perfect for main dishes. And with Velveeta sauce, you can stretch and glorify a little leftover meat or chicken into another grand main dish. You simply melt one half pound of Velveeta in the top of the double boiler, then stir in one quarter cup of milk. There's a little recipe every thrifty homemaker should remember these days. A half pound of melted Velveeta to one quarter cup of milk for the glorious cheese sauce that transforms leftovers. Tomorrow, get plenty of smooth-melting Velveeta. Irving Berlin's greatest song, When I Lost You. I lost the sunshine and roses. I lost the heavens of blue. I lost the beautiful rainbow. I lost the morning dew. I lost the angel who gave me summer the whole winter through. I lost the gladness that turned into sadness when all this is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Well, hello again, and welcome to our premiere of the Bing Crosby Show from the 1948-1949 season. This episode stars Claudette Colbert, the wonderful actress that's been in so many movies, it's ridiculous, and all four of the Bing Crosby boys. So that will be a fun episode. Um, what I've decided to do this year, because there are so many great episodes going on of the Bing Crosby show, it's too hard for me to pick which one to air. So I am going to bring you Bing Crosby now on Monday nights, tonight, 
and again on Friday nights to share the space with Fred Allen over there. So I hope that you're going to enjoy Bing Crosby two nights a week, and uh, we'll just see how that goes. Um, we're a little bit behind on our Friday nights because I didn't realize it actually started uh, a number of weeks ago. His season started um, at the beginning of September, but not too worried about it in that there's right now a big gap I have in the middle of that season, and I'm not sure if I'm supposed to have that gap or not. But the reason I thought I'd start bringing you two shows, one of them, like I said, is because there's so many great guest stars and the shows are so great, but two, I just feel like we need to share these shows with as many folks as possible so they can hear how great Bing was in that um, this particular part of my collection, not a lot of folks have. Uh, big thanks goes again to Mike Stevens, who uh, shared these shows with me. Um, I think there might, probably now, there's a hundred people out there that have access to these shows or something, but uh, it's just nice to be able to share them with you so that you get a chance to experience some Bing Crosby and some really great sound. So I hope you enjoy them, and we'll be back on Friday for more Bing Crosby from the 1943-1944 season. And we will see you next time. Oh, the other thing I should mention, I'm going to use the 1953-54 season kind of sparingly because that is when radio was kind of realizing that they did, shouldn't have such big budgets anymore because the television was just becoming too big of competition for them. So uh, Bing started having fewer and fewer big name guest stars. Um, so I really want to emphasize these two seasons where I have gaps or holes or whatever, I'll bring you 53 so you can see what that's like. Anyway, without further ado, enjoy Bing Crosby. Claudette Colbert and the Bing Crosby's boys. Who is it? Gary, Lindsay, Phil, and Dennis, right? I think that's it. Enjoy them. We'll see you next time. When the blue of the night meets the gold of the day. Someone waits for me. This is Ken Carpenter welcoming you to Phil Core Radio Time, produced and transcribed in Hollywood with John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, Judd Conlon's Rhythm Airs and Bing's guests, Claudette Colbert, Gary Crosby, Dennis Crosby, Philip Crosby, and Lindsey Crosby. For those of you who tuned in late, this is the Crosby program. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, by the way, what's your name, bub? I am the Mask Spooner. <laughs> Here to weave you some gossamer dreams. I know you. Nice to see you again after our vacation. What's new? Nothing. What's new with you? Oh, nothing. Keep tuned in, folks. From time to time, we will bring you these late news bulletins. 
By the way, Ken, who's our sponsor this year? Who's our sponsor? Hmm. Who's our sponsor? You mean we haven't got one? Let's go home. Hold it. Now, wait a minute. Philco's our sponsor. Philco? Of course, Philco. Well, gee, this will make our third year with Philco. I can't understand it. Well, why not? The Philco people are very happy. I know they're happy, but are they happy with us? Well, they're so happy they don't mind us. <laughs> they're tall, huh? No. <laughs> Business is good, oh, huh? Oh, terrific. Well, I may hustle them for a new portable. No, no, no. Don't no. do that, Bing. No, we've been... Why not? We've been lucky so far. Let's not do anything to disturb them. Shouldn't press our luck. No. <laughs> you know how it is in radio. It is an uncertain business, I know. I noticed that Bob Hope isn't with Pepsi in it anymore. That's right. Bob was switched. Switched? He should have been clubbed. <laughs> Say, Ken, have you noticed our Wednesday night lineup here on ABC? Groucho Marx... Throwing money away, mm -hmm. Milton Berle throwing jokes away. Why don't you throw a song away? I'll throw the biggest song away you've ever heard. That's Just true. stand by. If the rhythm airs will move in, we shall serenade one and all with You Call Everybody Darling. May we have a downbeat, John Scott? You call everybody darling And everybody calls you darling too you don't mean what you're saying It's just a game you're playing But you'll find someone else can play that game as well as you If you call everybody darling beep, 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 Then love won't come a-knocking at your door And as the years go by You'll sit and wonder why Nobody calls you darling anymore Y'all call everybody Darling And everybody calls y'all darling too Y'all don't mean what y'all saying Just a game y'all playing but sugar, someone else can play the game as well as y'all, darling. If you call everybody darling, honey, child, then love won't come a knocking at your door. And as the years go by, you'll sit and wonder why nobody calls you darling anymore. Since I wonder why years go by. Nobody calls you darling anymore. Uh, great boys and girls, that was darling. Well, I thought it was okay, considering that we all just spent the summer in the hinterlands. Tell me, Bing, were you able to keep up with all the news while you were back up there in the hills? Didn't miss a thing. An Indian runner brought me the Pittsburgh Pirates score every day. <laughs> every day. How about the days they didn't score? No Indian. <laughs> Bing, didn't you get wind of the really big news? There was more? Oh, you've been out of touch, old boy. What? Philco's got a new kind of phonograph. Huh? Plays 45 minutes of music from one of those new long-playing records. Amazing. Could you tell us more about this fantastic development? Naturally, I have a prepared statement right here in my hand. We're prepared. State. 
Well, it's very happy stuff for a starter. Folks, Philco for 1949 has just introduced the greatest advance of modern times in recorded music. It's a new kind of phonograph that plays two kinds of records. All your standard records, of course, with Philco's new automatic record changer. But here's the topper. It also plays 45 minutes of music, every note of a six-record symphony from just one long-playing record. And not only symphonies, but a complete program of dance or dinner music, all the songs from a Broadway musical on a single 12-inch record. Now, that's the best thing that's happened to phonographs since the automatic record changer. Prove it for yourself. Seeing is believing, and hearing is better still. Get a demonstration at your Philco dealer now. It's the newest thing in radio phonographs from Philco, the leader. Here's a song I've been humming to myself practically all summer, and I guess you have too. I guess it's time now that I came right out with My Happiness, the song made popular by those Elko favorites, John and Sandra Steele. Evening shadows make me blue When each weary day is through How I long to be with you My happiness Every day I reminisce Dreaming of your tender kiss Always thinking how I miss My happiness A million years it seems Have gone by since we shared our dreams but I'll hold you again There'll be no blue memories then Whether skies are gray or blue Any place on earth will do Just as long as I'm with you my happiness A million years it seems Have gone by since we shared our dreams But I'll hold you again There'll be no blue memories then Whether skies are gray or blue Any place on earth will do Just as long as I'm with you My happiness Good. You know, you're looking great. Your vacation did you a lot of good. My vacation is just starting. What do you mean, just starting? You were away with your kids all summer. See what I mean? Oh. 
<laughs> you know, being with your kids away at school now, I'll, I'll bet the house must seem empty. It, it is empty. Uh, when they leave, that's quite an evacuation. <laughs> Looks like the 8th Route Army leaving us. <laughs> but even though they're gone, I, I keep finding many reminders of the little darlings. For instance? Well, there's that cute little hole that Dennis hacked in the roof to let his pigeons in. Mm-hmm. Then there's the other hole that Philip chopped in the roof to let the pigeons out. Oh, clever. I love that. Thorough, these boys. Real thorough. Their brains are clicking every minute. Little wheels are wheeling and turning. Then every time I step in the bathtub, there's Gary's pet snapping turtle to give me a pedicure. Makes it nice. A rather rugged reminder of the life. Oh, yes. And then at the end of the day, when I sat down to relax, there in my easy chair, I find little Lynn's submarine. The one with the periscope. I love them all. Pain of it sometimes. Well, they may be a bit of a problem now, Bing, but they'll be a great comfort to you in your old age. Yes, but why should they bring it on so soon? <laughs> oh, now, look, Dad, they can't be that much trouble. Oh, no? No. Ken, when the four kids are home, our mailman mails our mail to us, so another mailman will have to deliver it. <laughs> Did I tell you the little spot they got me in with Claudette Colbert? Well, it ought to be fun to be in a little spot with Claudette. <laughs> Betty, really, Ken, this was embarrassing. What happened? Well, the other night I was listening to my Philco and spending a quiet, enjoyable evening at home. And, and so, ladies and gentlemen, this is your favorite disc jockey, Whirling Willie, concluding another 23 hours and 45 minutes of recorded music featuring Bing Crosby. <laughs> Whirling Willie will return to the air with another 23 hours and 45 minutes of Crosby records after a 15-minute interlude during which we bring you the latest news. Ah, who listens to the news? <laughs> I get my news from an Indian. Wonder who that can be. Come in. Hello, Bing. Well, Claudette, Claudette Colbert. I'm so glad you're home. So am I. I just took a chance on finding you in. Are you busy? Not at all. As a matter of fact, I was just sitting around listening to the news. Well, I like to listen to the news myself, but that other 23 hours and 45 minutes is really a clam bake. No, I don't know. And you'd think they'd have more than one clam. <laughs> well, I wouldn't know. I never listen myself. Well, anyway, Big, I just had to drop by and thank you for the lovely Roses? Roses? I didn't send any roses. Oh, come on now. I know you sent them, and it was sweet of you. Claudette, on the level. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, Bing, why not admit it? I realize it was just a mad boyish impulse. Claudette. <laughs> Claudette, I haven't had a mad boyish impulse since... Well, since I was mad and boyish. <laughs> Big. Even though you were sly enough not to enclose a card, I found out that the roses had been charged to you. Oh, stop. Claudette, look at me. Do you think this tired old groaner would be romantic and dashing enough to send flowers to a girl? <laughs> no, Claudette. Must have been somebody else using my name as a subterfuge. Now, who'd want to hide behind a tired old groaner? I don't know, but I'm going to call the florist and find out. He might think this is a big romance or something. No, you don't have to worry about the florist. He was very discreet. Oh, well, that puts me in the clear. In fact, he wouldn't tell me who sent the flowers. But fortunately, his wife's hairdresser is a patient of my sister's dressmaker's dentist. <laughs> We're in big trouble again. 
Everybody in town thinks I'm sending you posies, huh? No, don't worry. As far as they're concerned, it's just hearsay and rumor. After all, outside of myself, the only person who actually saw the flowers was my maid. Your maid? Yes, and her sister. Your maid's sister? Yes, she cooks for Luella Parsons. <laughs> well, then I'm cooked. I gotta keep Luella quiet till I get this thing straightened out. Well, how are you going to do that? I know, I'll send her some flowers. There you go again. On the level, Claudette, this thing's got me baffled. Who's gonna use my charge account to send flowers to a girl? Gee... Couldn't have been my brothers, and it couldn't have been the kids. No. Couldn't have been the kids. Couldn't have been the kids? Why not? Why couldn't it have been the kids? Oh, Bing, if your boy sent the flowers, I think that's wonderful. Well, I can't believe they'd send flowers. If they'd sent a bullfrog or a coyote pelt or a coyote, but flowers. Why, they're only children. It's later than you think, Pop. Well, this thing calls for a little conference, and I think we'll bust this case wide open right now. Just a minute, Claudette. Oh, boys. Hey, boys. Come on in here on the double now. You better stand back a little, Claudette. Sometimes they make a very spirited entrance. Da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> Boom. What is it, Dad? Cut out the hole. <laughs> Say, fellas... Hello, Miss Colbert. Hello, Gary. Hello, Miss Colbert. Colbert. Hello, boys. Hello, Miss Colbert. Did you get them? Nix, nix. Did I get what? The you-know-whats. Lindsay, for your information, the you-know-whats are now the we-all-know-whats. <laughs> then, Dennis, why were you the last one to get downstairs when I called? What delayed you? It's a little embarrassing, Dad. Hey, which one of you guys left your bubble gum on the banister? <laughs> Come, we'll take care of that a little later. Now... For the sake of the record, I want to know who charged those flowers to me. What do you know about it, Lynn? Oh, gee, Pop, I don't want to squeal. Well, then I'll ask the question in another way. You send the flowers, Gary? No, sir. You, Philip? No, sir. Dennis? No, sir. Lindsay? Hmm? You see why I didn't want to squeal? <laughs> Now we're getting someplace. Did you like them, Miss Colbert? Oh, they were beautiful. That's not the point. Another thing, Philip. Haven't you been taught to remove your cap in the presence of a lady? Yes, sir. Then why don't you take it off? Hey, which one of you guys left your bubble gum in my cap? <laughs> I think we better tackle one mystery at a time around here. Now, Lynn, why did you send those flowers to Miss Colbert? Because she's beautiful. Well, what's that got to do with it? How do I know? I'm only ten. <laughs> Ask me. I'm 15. <laughs> well, I don't like to interfere, Bing, but personally, I'm very flattered that Lindsay was so thoughtful. That's nice, yeah, but how long has this been going on? Have you sent flowers to any other ladies? No, sir, but I'm the type. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. Just a minute. We thought of sending those flowers just as much as you did. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you're all very dashing and very romantic And I'm sure Miss Colbert appreciates your gesture of affection I certainly do And Lynn, I'd like to give you a great big kiss Can't we just shake hands? <laughs> Why, certainly And I want to thank all you boys Claudette, now he's enough of a lady killer already Let go of his hand I can't Why not? Which one of you guys left your bubble gum in Lynn's hand? What am I going to do with you fellas? Oh, they're all right, Big. After those roses, I could forgive them anything. And you're not mad at us for the you-know-what? 
The flowers? Oh, no. We've got another you-know-what. Out with it. Another, huh? Tell me what else happened, or I shall have to paddle your I know what. <laughs> well, Dad, hmm? you know how you've always told us not to play baseball in the street? Yeah. we'd break a window? Yeah. Why don't we listen to you? <laughs> I sure wish I knew. I've tried everything. I guess it's just... You because... don't have to explain, Tom. I'm not explaining. Who's... I'm not explaining. Whose window did you break? Who got the flowers? <laughs> well, that does it. If you fellas won't listen to anything I say, I guess there's only one thing for me to do. I'm afraid you'll all have to suffer the indignity of a good licking. Dad, do you realize that prominent child psychologists agree that reasoning and logic have replaced the old-fashioned spanking? Psychology is a lot of baloney. Well, let's give it a chance. <laughs> Chance nothing. Upstairs, all of you. No, Bing, I don't think the boys should be punished for this. Now, I remember when I was a kid, I once broke a window playing ball. You did? What'd you get for it? Two bases. That was the ground rule. <laughs> a two-bagger, huh? Never mind. Could you hit a two-bagger now? Well, I haven't played for a long time, but I bet if they ever groove that three-and-two pitch, I could still murder it. Say, how'd you like to play baseball with us, Miss Colbert? Sure. Who else on the team? Well, there's us four Crosby kids. Our three uncles and dad. That's only eight. And a fellow named Barney Dean. Oh, <laughs> what's the name of your team? Dean's Demons. <laughs> he furnished the uniforms. <laughs> that lineup sounds pretty impressive. What do you need me for? We're a little weak at third base. I resent that. What? <laughs> Oh, gee, Dad, don't feel I should have known the way I've been getting the cold shoulder around the locker room lately. Big, you're being oversensitive. Baseball is hard-boiled business. Yes, and it's sneaky, too. How do you think I felt when I happened to pass the ballpark Saturday? What happened? They all told me the game was Sunday. <laughs> You'd have been proud of us, Dad. We won our first game. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you did, huh? Who'd you get to take my place on third base? Nobody. Nobody? Yeah, Max Nobody. <laughs> well, don't give me any of that. Now, I'll tell you one thing. I paid for that bat and ball. I got an investment in your team. Well, Pittsburgh doesn't let you play with them. The Pirates are doing all right without me. And you can do the same for your kids' team. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Another thing. You fellas go ahead and invite Miss Colbert to play with you, and you've never seen her work out. How do you know she has any ability? Ability or not, she'll sure dress up that third sack. <laughs> <laughs> she'll be great. If a runner gets on third, he'll never want to go home. Oh, okay. <laughs> Danny. Yeah, that's what our team needs. <laughs> I say that. Oh. Yeah, that's what our team needs, glamour. <laughs> Gotta lay it out. She's got a big line after. That's what our team needs, glamour. That's, that's what our right. team needs, glamour. glamour. <laughs> well, if that's the way you want it, I'll turn my uniform over to Miss Colbert. There goes the glamour. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I've had it. This is it. Just give me my release. 
Anyhow, I got an offer to play with Albuquerque. Albuquerque? Do they still play in blankets there? They do. <laughs> they do all right. Well, good luck to all of you, and I include Max Nobody. Bing, I've got an idea. You don't have to leave the team. You and I can alternate on third base. No, no chance, Claudette. There's not room on third for both of us. There's room over on second with me. <laughs> Dad, why don't you stay on the team as a coach? Coach? Yeah. After all, we need you for that harmony we give out with during the seventh inning stretch. No, nothing doing. If I can't play third base, I won't sing third base. Oh, come on, Bing. You better stay with the group. I can't sing bass. Dad, hmm. how about us giving Miss Colbert a sample from the vocal department of Dean's Demons? No, not me. You go it alone. I'm a free agent, boy. We will now sing Blue Shadows on the Trail, which is one of our father's big records. <laughs> uh. Well, thanks very much. You're doing a grand job. Hit it. shadows on the trail Blue moon shining through the tree And a plaintive wail from the distance A little distance, please Comes On the evening And that's about the way it went. The flower incident was solved. I replaced Claudette's broken window. And she got my spot on the ball team. Did you sign with Albuquerque? I'm waiting to hear from him. Say, uh, I've got a commercial here. What'll I do with it? It's a straight line if I ever heard one. Let's have that again, Carp. I said, I have a commercial here. What'll I do with it? Put it in the box, tie it with a ribbon, and throw it in the deep blue V. Oh, wait a minute, Bing. This one's so good, if I did, you'd dive in after it. Let's have it. I'm ready for the plunge. Well, folks, you can't miss if you tie a big, bright ribbon on any of the new 1949 Philco radio phonographs. And I'd like to hit a point about the brilliant tone every new Philco gives you from the new long-playing records. Now, you can't play these long-playing records with an ordinary tone arm. So Philco engineers developed a new balanced fidelity reproducer with only one-fifth of an ounce pressure, and it's for use on long-playing records only. Believe me, its performance is something to write home about. It's no makeshift adaptation of the standard tone arm, it was specially designed in the Philco Laboratories in collaboration with the same engineers who produced the long-playing record. So if you want to catch up with the greatest radio phonograph invention since the record changer, 
See your Philco dealer now and hear the real thing on a Philco. You'll find it ready and waiting in a full series of beautiful console and table radio phonographs from Philco, famous for quality the world over. Here's a beautiful melody from England, A Tree in the Meadow. The words are very nice, too. It's caught on rather well over here, you know. It's very big. Rather. There's a tree in the meadow With a stream drifting by And carved upon that tree I see I love you till I die I shall always remember The love in your eyes The day you carved upon that tree I love you till I die But further on down lover's lane A silhouette I see I know you're kissing someone else I wish that it were me by that tree in the meadow My thoughts always lie And wherever you go You'll always know I love you That's about it for this first one, but I want to thank Claudette for being with us tonight. I also want to congratulate her on her debut as a movie producer. Say, what's the first uh, production, Claudette? That's a story I'm doing with Bruce Manning and Jack Skirball called Love is Big Business. Love is Big Business, It sure is. Never mind. (laughs) Say, Dad, Hmm. aren't you going to congratulate Miss Cobra on her debut as a ballplayer, too? Oh, yes. It sure is going to be great news when it gets around that you've got a girl third baseman on your team. Claudette. Oh, we've got that all figured out. Yeah, we're going to call her Claude. (laughs) Very bright, very brilliant. No one will ever suspect. Not if I'm wearing your uniform. (laughs) Yeah, it's even hard to recognize Dad in it. I've had just about enough out of you, young man. I think it's about time to ask you who your guest is next week Next week, Claudette, Judy Garland joins us Oh, wonderful Well, good night, Bing Good night, Claudette Good night, boys Good night, night, Claude Save that for the ballpark Good night, folks Thank you very much
This program was produced and transcribed in Hollywood by Bill Morrow and Murdo McKenzie. Tune in to Philco Radio Time next week and hear Bing Crosby, John Scott Trotter, and his orchestra, The Rhythm Airs, and Bing's guest, Judy Garland. And remember, keep your eye on your Philco dealer now for the newest thing in radio phonographs from Philco, the leader. Ladies and gentlemen, the Railroad Hour. And from Hollywood, here comes the star-studded show train. Tonight, your railroads, through the Association of American Railroads, present the delightful musical comedy hit, Good News. In our star-studded cast, you will hear the host of our series, Gordon McRae, two lovely guest stars, Dinah Shore and Jane Powell, and a great cast of Hollywood-featured players. The entire production set to the music of Carmen Dragon's Orchestra and brought to you by the American Railroads. The same railroads that bring you most of the food you eat, the clothes you wear, the fuel you burn, and the things you use in your daily life. And now, here is Gordon McRae. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gordon McRae helping to bring you the first in our series of musical comedy successes. Tonight... The Railroad Hour Show Train presents the Lawrence Schwab to Silver Brown and Henderson musical hit, Good News. Starring Dinah Shore as Connie Lane, Jane Powell as Babe O'Day, yours truly as Tommy Marlowe, and a great supporting cast including Jim Backus, Mary Lee Robb, Lou Merrill, and Rye Billsbury. Marvin Miller is our announcer. Our chorus is under the direction of Norman Luboff, and our orchestra is presided over by maestro Carmen Dragon, who is now playing the final strains of our title number, Good News. Now the curtain rises on the first act of Good News. In the huge gymnasium on the campus at Tate College, Babe O'Day, a blue-eyed little blonde co-ed, is trying to teach a new dance step to a group of freshmen. Stop the music! Stop the music! Of all the dumb clunks, you freshmen take the prize. Now, if you kids want to be in the swim at the dance tomorrow night, after our team beats Colton, you better pay attention and learn this step. I'm going to show you just once more, and that's all. So watch carefully. Okay, maestro, give. 
Here is the drag, see how it goes Down on the heels, up on the toes That's the way to do the varsity drag Hotter than hot, newer than new Meaner than mean, bluer than blue Gets as much applause as waving a flag You can pass many a class Whether you're dumb or wise If you all answer the call When your professor cries Everybody down on the heels, up on the toes Stay after school, learn how it goes Everybody do the varsity drag Come on kids, break it up Break it up, I said just a minute, Beef Saunders. What's the big idea? Tommy Marlowe's gonna meet me here in the gym any minute. Tommy Marlowe? It beats me why Tate's greatest football star wants to waste time with a lug like you. Well, if you must know, I gotta teach him a couple of secret plays to pull in the game with Colton tomorrow. You're gonna teach Tommy Marlowe football? <laughs> That's like Marjorie Maine showing Jane Russell how to wear a bathing suit. Come on, everybody, once more. Down okay, on Okay, if you up. don't believe me, here's Tommy now. Ask him yourself. <laughs> Hi, fellas. Hi, gals. Say, what's going on, babe? You showing the kids how to do the varsity drag? Let's get more on the beat, Tommy. Let's say trying to show them. This bunch doesn't have any more backbone than a plate full of jelly. Oh, now look, kids. The varsity drag is something everybody ought to know. It's one of the nicest subjects you can learn at Tate, you see? We've always thought knowledge is not. We should be taught to dance right here at Tate. We're up to date. We teach a great new dance. First lesson right now. You love it and how you love it Here is the drag, see how it goes Down on the heels, up on the toes That's the way to do the varsity drag Hotter than hot, newer than new Meaner than mean, bluer than blue Gets as much applause as waving a flag Well, you can pass many a class Whether you're dumb or wise If you all answer the call When the professor cries Everybody down on your heels, up on your toes Stay at the school and I go Everybody did the varsity class Hey, Tommy! Tommy Marlowe. What's up, Bobby? Well, Coach Johnson is holding a special meeting with the team down in his office. I guess everybody's gonna be there. Because I gotta go, too. Coach even wants the substitutes, huh, Bobby? Oh, lay off his bills. You're speaking of the man I love. Bobby, I thought you preferred the athletic type. Bobby is the athletic type. He plays football. Uh, preferably quarterback. He plays baseball. Preferably shortstop. He wrestles. Preferably women. <laughs> well, don't worry about it, Bobby. You'll get your chance to play tomorrow, all right, in my place. What? Oh, no, you're, you're kidding, aren't you, Tommy? No, Bobby, I'm not kidding. Didn't pass my astronomy exam. Professor Kenyon just told me. Oh, Tommy, no. If you can't play, we're licked. Colton will beat us 50 to nothing. Tommy? Tommy, darling. Oh, uh, Pat, hello. I just heard the devastating news. How could you fail to pass, Tommy? How could you? When you knew perfectly well that I bought a new gown for the prom. Well, Tommy, isn't there any chance at all that you can play? Well, there's just a slim chance, Bobby. Professor Kenyon is going to give me another exam. And, Pat, you're so good in astronomy that I thought if you'd help me study, I, I might be able to pass. Oh, Tommy, darling, you know I'll help you. Uh, I was sure you would, Pat. Why, I would have bet my last nickel on it if I were a betting man. And aren't you a betting man? I don't ever gamble, sweetheart, I refuse. 
Not because I hate to, simply cause I always lose. Lucky boys who gamble tell me that it pays, but I've got luck that beats their luck a thousand different ways. Lucky love, lucky in love. What else matters if you're lucky in love? Good breaks are few, few skies are blue, but bad luck scatters every time I'm with you. I don't mind that at poker I'm green If I stand ace high with a beautiful queen I'll say I'm lucky in love If you take me that will make me oh so lucky in love I stand ace high with a beautiful queen. I'll say I'm lucky in love. If you take me, that will make me sweet. Oh, but I must leave, darling. I have an engagement. Well, gosh, Pat, I, I ought to start studying right now. Can't you break it? Break an engagement with my hairdresser? Oh, darling, that's impossible. I'll meet you, says why, at the bench behind the chemistry laboratory. Around 80. I still don't understand why you dragged me down here to this little bench behind the chem lab. Oh, Connie, darling, I'm in trouble, dreadful trouble. Do you know Tommy Marlowe? No. Oh, of course I know that he's the captain of the football team and that he's your friend, but I don't know him. Well, you're going to. Oh, Pat, when? Tonight. You heard that Tommy didn't pass his astronomy exam. Well, yes, but they say you're going to tutor him. Well, I was, but... But confidentially, Beef Saunders' new car was just delivered, a luscious red convertible, and he's asked me to go riding with him. So I want you to take my place. Oh, I could Oh, there's Beef now. I'll have to run. Oh, Pat, Pat. Oh, here comes Tommy. Oh, do, do, do I look all right? Why, you look perfect, darling. And anyway, all you're going to tutor him in is astronomy. 
He'll learn about women from me. Bye. Gosh, Pat, I didn't expect you'd be right on time. I... Oh, pardon me. I thought you were Pat Bingham. I'm... I'm Connie Lane, Mr. Marlowe. Pat asked me to meet you at this bench and help you with your astronomy. She... Uh... She, she has a terrible headache. Oh, the poor kid. That's too bad. And it's nice of you to help, but trying to teach me anything is going to be pretty tough to take. Sort of like going to the dentist. Oh, no, it won't, Mr. Marlowe, because I'm going to put something in your head, not take it out. Well, I guess there's plenty of room. And uh, won't you call me Tommy? All right, Tommy. Now, what is it about astronomy that's so difficult for you? You know, I just this minute figured that out. Something has always been missing before. Astronomy is a subject for uh, two to study. Good. Well, then open your textbook to page 85. You think there's enough light from the street lamp to see? Oh, yes. And everything I see is very beautiful. The, the stars are beautiful tonight, aren't they? Oh, I wasn't thinking of the stars. But you must if you're going to pass that exam tomorrow. Now tell me, what planet is that? Planet? Oh, well, let's see. Uh... Oh, what's the use of guessing? There's too many of them. All right, I'll tell you. That's Venus. You see? Yes, I see. I'm looking right at her, and she's beautiful. Well, I, I don't know how Patricia would like my being Venus. Oh? What do you know about Patricia? She's my cousin. Your cousin? Well, then why haven't I seen you before around the sorority house? Oh, I'm not a member. I'm sort of a poor relation, you know. Well, does that worry you much? Not particularly. A lot of things in this world make up for the shortage of money. I'm listening, teacher. Well, there are so many kinds of riches, and only one of them is gold. The wealth you miss, remember this. Worthwhile things cannot be bought. So the moon belongs to everyone. The best things in life are free. The stars belong to everyone. They gleam there for you and me. Flowers in spring, the robins that sing, the moonbeams that shine, they're yours, they're mine, and love can come to everyone. The I never thought of things that way before, Connie. And, you know, from now on, that's my philosophy, Please, too. Please, Tommy, we're wasting time. Now, Now, what's that other planet way up there? Oh, wait a minute. I, I used to know. Now, don't tell me. Never mind. It's Mars. Oh, yes. Faithful old Mars. Still there. <laughs> of course. Mars is in the same constellation as Venus, and he looks right across at her all the time. Can you remember that? Well, how can Mars forget? With Venus right here at his side. Oh, Tommy, please. 
You have to study. I know. And you've already taught me so much. The flowers in spring, the robins that sing, sunbeams that shine, they're yours. They're mine. And love can come to everyone. The best things in life are Down comes the curtain on the first act of that grand musical comedy, Good News, brought to you by the Railroads of the Nation, cooperating through the Association of American Railroads. And now I'd like to present to you William T. Farrisee, president of that association. Tonight, Mr. Farrisee is in St. Louis, Missouri, attending a meeting of the National Association of Shippers' Advisory Boards. Mr. Farrisee. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <coughs> As you have just heard, there is now meeting in St. Louis an organization representing the shippers of most of the nation's freight. These businessmen, 25,000 of them, work with the railroads to improve service. You and I and everybody in the country benefit directly from their cooperation. Long ago, the railroads learned that to give the very best service, they not only had to work with each other, but also with the public. 25 years ago, one group of their customers set up the first Regional Shippers Advisory Board. The work of the board was so valuable that soon there were 13 boards covering the entire country. In 1937, they joined to form the National Association of Shippers Advisory Boards. These boards, while working with the railroads, are not made up of railroad men. Instead, they are made up of shippers who work with each other and with the railroads to help provide the whole country with more adequate and more efficient transportation of freight. These boards made their greatest contribution so far during the Second World War when their consistent, organized help was one of the things which made it possible for the railroads to handle the tremendous volume of wartime traffic in such a way as to shorten the timetable to victory. So tonight, we take pleasure in saluting the Shippers Advisory Boards and their National Association for their great contribution to meeting the transportation needs of America. And the railroads of America, your railroads, welcome you, all of you, to the first Railroad Hour. And now the curtain rises on the second act of Good News, 
It's the next morning, and Tommy Marlowe is walking up the steps of Astronomy Hall, ready to take his examination. When he's stopped by the voice of his roommate, Bobby Randall, calling excitedly, Hey, Tommy! Tommy! What's the matter, Bobby? Well, how's the astronomy? You gonna pass that test? Oh, I sure am. I was coached last night by the most wonderful girl in the world. You mean uh, Pat Bingham? No, her cousin, Connie Lane. Oh, Bobby, she's a dream. Yeah, but uh, what about Pat? The queen is dead. Long live the queen. Do you... You mean it, Tommy? Certainly I mean it. Why? Why, I love Pat, Tommy. Why, I've loved her from the very first day you laid eyes on her. But I, I was too honorable to say so, and besides, you outweigh me. <laughs> then bless you, my children, bless you. Oh, Patricia, if I ever get a chance to... Shut up, Bobby, oh. here she comes. Well, I'll run along and let you give her the RKO privately. The RKO? Yeah, the royal kiss-off. <laughs> Good luck, pal. Tommy, oh, Tommy, darling, I want to apologize to you. Apologize? Well, when I asked Connie to help you out, I didn't think she'd be stupid enough to make you study all night. I didn't find her stupid. She wants me to pass. You mean I don't? Why, you must know me better than that, Tom, or you never would have proposed to me. Uh, Yes, I I did propose, didn't I? Did you? I have it in writing. I always keep the letter right here, next to my heart, you know. Well, the fatal hour has struck. I go to my doom. Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. I, I was afraid I wouldn't get here in time to wish you luck. Well, thank you, Venus. Go to it, Mars. And Tommy, here's a kiss from me to wish you the best. Uh, there's the last bell. Well, uh, so long and thanks for everything. Oh, I want him to pass. Tom Marlowe, you've just got to pass. Why, Connie, darling, I never knew you were such a rooter for the school. Oh, I love the school. <laughs> well, just don't let that affection bubble over on the Tom Marlowe, darling. Remember, he's mine if I want him. And I'll want him if he passes that exam this morning. Well, maybe he is yours, but just imagine that he loves me dearly. Must imagine that I'm Sincerely, I'm pretending that he's Sandy. Love knows ending. I love you. Seems that he's there as the day is closing.
Is the exam over yet? Oh, not yet, Bobby, but I'm not worried. Uh. Connie says you'll pass all right. Oh, by the way, Connie, I thought you were going to press my dress for the football rally before the game. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Patricia. I'll do it right away. Uh, yes, Connie, you press the dress while I press my suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bobby, you're certainly funny when you get started. I am? Yes. Why don't you get started? Oh, there you go, Pat. No one understands me. I'm a serious-minded young man. Well, don't start making love to me if you want me to be serious. I'll go on. Necking is out of my line. It is silly, isn't it? Oh, it sure is. Now, take your hand, for instance. It's a nice hand, but as I hold it, it, it doesn't give me any thrill. Why? Well, it's power of mind over matter. Why, Bobby, you're a psychologist. Yeah, given 15 years of my life to it. And then, then there's the kiss. You know, the most overrated thing in the world. It, it's all in the mental attitude. Let me show you. Now that it's over, what have you got? Wet lips. You're right. Well, certainly. Now, now you just take your knees, for instance. Bobby! Ouch! Mind over matter. Well, matter got the best of mind for a minute. How dare you make love to me, your roommate's fiancé? Well, I thought it was all off between you and Tom. Off nothing. I'm going to marry him if he passes the exam and wins the game tomorrow. Hey, what's going on here? Oh, hello, Beef. Got that convertible handy, Beef? Sure. Oh, good. I'll let you drive me back to the sorority house if you like. Why, swell. I'll bring the news about Tommy's exam up to the house. Okay. Yeah. Oh, what's happened, Bobby's exam over yet? Uh, well, not yet, babe. We, we're just... Oh, Oh, no. Oh, oh, my gosh. Here, here comes Professor Kenyon now. Oh. Well, good morning, students. Well, Lovely we, day, isn't it? Well, we hope it's going to be, Professor. Oh? Oh, what do you mean? Well, you know, sir, this afternoon, Tate plays Colton. Oh, We've yes, got a... yes, I know. I'm very much interested in football. You are? Gee, that's great. I should very much like to see Tate beat Colton this afternoon. You would? Gee, that's great. Then tell us, Professor, how did Tom Marlowe do in the examination you just gave him? Oh, yes, Tom Marlowe. Well, here's his paper. Let's see. Uh, uh, listen to this. Sir J. Herschel estimated there are a billion stars down to the 18th magnitude. What holds them in place? Uh, that was my question. And now here's Tom Marlowe's answer. Mars and Venus, they are in the same constellation, and he looks across at her all the time. <laughs> oh, even I know that ain't right. Oh. Gosh. Uh, tell me, just how good is this Colton team? Oh, terribly good, Professor. And do we need Tom Marlowe to win? Do we? We could use Glenn Davis, too. <laughs> well, let me see. 75 is the passing grade. You can tell Mr. Marlowe that his grade on this examination is 76. What? <laughs> you can't say I haven't the old Tate spirit. Oh, Professor Kenyon, you got the spirit of 76.
Well, I told you we'd come up here to the sorority house and tell you the news about Tom's examination, didn't I, Pat? Well, yes, but I didn't expect such a crowd. The team, the uh, band, everybody. But everybody wanted to give you the good news. Good news? Yes. Tommy passed his examination. And now he can play this afternoon. And we'll win, too. I know he will. You know, I've had a dozen omens lately that everything is going to be all right. So I know good news must be on its way. The night I saw my lucky star Saw that new moon shining from afar Saw a horse and he was milky white So I know that things will be all right Then I saw a lucky load of hay That means good news must be on its way When he's nigh, I'll cry Where have you been? Take your hat and coat and come right in Good news, you're bound to do me Come right here to me, good news, good news. You're what I waited for, I wasn't slated for blues. Good news is magic to me, bad news is tragic to me. So, Mr. Good News, you're bound to do me good. Come right here to me, good Hi, kids. What's all the shouting for? Tommy. Hey, everybody. Here he is. Here's Tommy Marlowe. Hey, wait a minute. What is it? What's going on? You passed, Tommy. You passed the examination. I did? Oh, boy. That's good news. You're bound to do me good. Come right here to me. Good news. Good news. You're what I've waited for. I wasn't slated for blues. Good luck is magic to me. Bad luck is tragic to me. So, Mr. Good News, come on to do me good. You're about to do me good, good news. Darling, I'm so pleased. Now you can play this afternoon and you can win the game for me. Uh, for Tate, you mean, Pat. And if I'm awful lucky. Say, uh, you haven't seen Connie around, have you? Oh, not since this morning, darling. Oh, uh, I wanted to thank her for all she's done. Oh, there she is over by the door. If you excuse I me, I... wouldn't go now, darling. Oh, why not, for Pete's sake? Well, you see who she's with, don't you? Oh, sure I see. Babe O'Day, Bobby Randall, and Beef Saunders. What about it? Beef, darling, he's a very jealous young man. Or so Connie tells me. You, you mean Connie and Beef? Oh, but of course, darling. Ever since their freshman year. Come on, everybody, a cheer for Tommy Marlowe. Hey, hey, hey. about myself, <laughs> but I, I have a real surprise for you. Tomorrow, Tommy Marlowe will be the greatest halfback in the world. Why? Because there'll be something wonderful leading him on to victory. It's love. Yes, Patricia Bingham has promised that if Tommy wins a game tomorrow, she will marry him. Lucky in love, lucky in love, what else matters if you're lucky? 
and fellow students don't, let's forget the little girl who worked with him, who helped him pass the exam so he can play this afternoon and win the fair Patricia. Fellow students, don't forget Connie Lane. I don't know what to say. I hope they'll be very happy. And now, Beef, if, if you've got that red convertible handy, what do you say we go for a ride? Goodbye, everybody. Connie. You see, darling? I told you she was Beef's girl. Now, aren't you going to finish the song for me? What? Oh, sure. Lucky in love. If you take me, that will make me Mr. Pharisee, president of the Association of American Railroads, told you earlier on this program how the railroads and the shippers of the nation worked together to produce better and better transportation. That's just part of the story, for there is the same sort of cooperation among the railroads themselves. Teamwork, indeed, is the very heart of better railroad transportation. Yes, this cooperation has made it possible for every car of any railroad to travel over the tracks of every other railroad in the country. More than that, these cars can be put into trains including cars from many different lines, can be repaired at any railroad shop. This is only one example of the cooperation that makes our continent-wide railroad operation possible. On this program, The Railroad Hour, we plan to tell you something of this fascinating story, the story back of the daily job of providing our nation with the safest, most efficient, most economical transportation in the world. We will be back with the third act of Good News in just a moment. We pause briefly now for station identification. The curtain rises on the third act of Good News. The big game between Colton and Tate is just about to begin. And as Professor Kenyon approaches the stadium, he meets Connie Lane. Well, good afternoon, Miss Lane. Uh, aren't you headed in the wrong direction? No, I'm not. Nothing and nobody in this college interests me at all. Oh? Not even the young man you tutored for the examination? No. What's more, I hope he loses the game. Even though I did slave to make him pass the examination. Well, you did coach him. And he passed, too. He got 76. <laughs> My dear, that 76 is only one of the sins of an old professor who has a young heart in football season. <laughs> professor? Hey, Connie, you're running the wrong direction. The game's over that way. I'm not going, babe. Now, Connie, don't be a drip. Tom didn't propose to Patricia. That is, not after he met you. Bobby told me the whole thing. Pat has a letter or something, and she's holding him to it. Now will you go to the game? But I, I, I tore up my ticket, babe. Oh, I... who needs a ticket? Come with me, my friend. I know where there's the best little hole in the fence that's big enough for the two of us to see everything. A hole in the fence? Are you sure, babe? Well, I should be. 
I put it there last night myself. Oh, brother, this team ought to spend half time in a powder room, not a locker room. That Colton team did to you guys in the first half was a crime. Oh, lay off, Bobby. We've only got a few minutes to rest up between halves, so dry up. Rest up from what? You didn't do anything out there. What was worrying you, Pete? Did you see the boogeyman? <laughs> Haven't you ever heard about tackling? Football players don't stop when you tag them. <laughs> Gosh, I wish the coach had put me in. Boy, I'd show him. Lay off, will you? Lay off? What am I going to tell my grandchildren? Grandpa was a football player. Then I'll have to show him this suit without a spot on it. And as for injuries, the only scar I got is from a splinter off the bench. <laughs> what difference does it make? The game's lost anyway. Scores three to nothing, and if Colton keeps on like they are, we haven't got a chance. Well, we would if Tom would go out there and show the fellas how to play. Don't you know that when you play Tom, they all play with you? You never did this before. What's eating you? Oh, it's nothing, Bobby. I'll be all right. Well, if you don't win this game, you can't marry Pat. Hey. Hey, wait a minute. Maybe that's what's wrong. You don't want to marry Pat. Shut up, Bobby. Oh, sure, that's it. You're in love with Connie. You want to marry Connie Lane, don't you? Bobby, will you shut up? Now, look, don't pay any attention to him, Beep. He's out of his mind. Don't make any difference to me, Tom. If you want to marry Connie Lane, go ahead and marry her. Why? Isn't Connie your girl, Beef? His girl? Of course she isn't his girl. Beef's nuts about Patricia. He's been riding around his new red convertible for weeks. Is that true, Beef? You're not kidding now. Is that true? Sure it's true. Connie Lane thinks I'm a dumb bunny. Oh, brother. Okay, there goes the signal for the last half, fellas. Let's go out there and show that Colton team how to play football. <laughs> Connie, let me see what's happening. Gee, I think Beef just got hurt. Yeah. Oh, and there goes Bobby to help him off the field. <laughs> Big clumsy lug. Hey, he's gonna play. <laughs> Does he look funny without a bench under him? Oh, there can't be more than two minutes left to play. Oh, babe, supposing Tom loses the game. Well, that's what I thought he was trying to do in the first half. But something came over him in this half. They could just get one lucky break. Well, there they go. Time's in. They've lined up. Look. They pass the ball back to Bobby. Yeah. Holy cow, he's running the wrong way. Turn around, you big lug, turn around. It's all right. He's just fading back to pass. There, he's throwing it. It's a long pass. A long forward pass to Tommy. He caught it. Tommy caught it. Oh, brother, look at him go. Tommy, run. Run. Win for Tate, Tommy. Win for Tate. He's over. He's over. It's a touchdown. Yes. It's a touchdown. Why, Connie, aren't you glad? Of course I'm glad. But Patricia... Connie, where are you going? Come back here! Connie! Hiya, hiya, babe. Oh, there you are, Bobby. I've been looking all over the dance floor for you. Come on out on the veranda. I want to talk to you about something. Yeah, I know it. About our marriage. Well, I... Uh... Yes, we agreed if you won the game, we'd get married. It was a very foolish thing. And I want you to let me off. What? Well, don't you know every girl in Tate is after me? Yes, and they can have you. <laughs> my business. Really, my business is taking raw material, polishing it up, and throwing it back in circulation. Oh, but, babe, those girls don't understand me. They think I'm a hero. Oh, you gotta marry me. Oh, it's a good thing you said that. This brick is getting awfully heavy. <laughs> oh, nice going, kids, and, and all sorts of congratulations, but... 
by any chance, have you seen Connie Lena? I've been looking for her all over the place. Connie didn't come to the dance, Tommy. The last I saw of her, she was sitting on that little bench behind the chemistry lab. Oh, thanks, babe. Thanks a lot. Hello, Connie. Oh, it's you. I, uh... I just found out you were here. I, I've been looking for you ever since the game. Well, you found me. So now you can go right back to the dance and to the girl you're going to marry. But the girl I'm going to marry isn't at the dance, Connie. I, I mean, the girl I hope to marry isn't at the dance. Oh, Connie, don't you see? It's, it's you I'm crazy about. Just you. Oh, Tommy. Hello, Venus. Hi, Mars. Oh, somebody broke that street light. Some little ruffian must have thrown a rock at it. Wrong, Miss Lane. You're wrong. I did it. Why, Professor Kenyon? Mm-hmm. For years, I've had an insane desire to smash one of those things, and and I couldn't have picked a better time. Well, that's kind of an about face, isn't it, Professor? After that astronomy exam you threw at me this morning. Oh, don't say that, Tom. Your exam paper was awful, and the professor passed you just because he likes you. He likes me? Yes, Tom. But I'm going to leave you with someone who likes you a little better than I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my, my, look at Mars and look at Venus. They seem closer together tonight than, than they've ever been before. And love can come to everyone. The best things in life are Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gordon McRae giving a special vote of thanks to our two lovely guest stars this evening, Miss Dinah Shore and Miss Jane Powell, and to the other members of tonight's cast for their fine performances in our production of Good News, which was adapted for radio by Ed Gardner. Next week, our star-studded show train will arrive in the same tracks at the same time. On board will be Mr. Victor Moore and Miss Margaret Whiting to join me in bringing you the famous Cole Porter musical, Anything Goes, with our chorus under the direction of Norman Luboff, and the music arranged and conducted by Carmen Dragon. All aboard! Well, it looks as though we're ready to pull out, so until next week, goodbye. And remember, during the coming week, as always, the American Railroads will provide for you the dependable, low-cost transportation, which is so essential to the American way of living.
Good News has been presented by special arrangement with Tam's Whitmark Music Library. Miss Dinah Shore appeared by courtesy of Columbia Records. Listen to her latest release, Buttons and Bows. Miss Jane Powell appeared by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of the Technicolor picture Three Musketeers, starring Lana Turner, Gene Kelly, and June Allison. Gordon McRae appeared through the courtesy of Warner Brothers. This is Marvin Miller speaking. The Railroad Hour is brought to you each week at this time by the Association of American Railroads. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.